Welcome to the latest series of the Palompo PR podcast. In this series, I will be interviewing lots of different businesses from across Scotland, hearing how they are working, what's ahead of them, the challenges they face, and how they're keeping positive in their business. I am with Katie Cool. Um, what a fabulous surname, first of all, um, who is a local entrepreneur, creative and mum in the village that we live in. And we've got to know each other quite well over the past three, four years, working together on a few projects. But I thought I would invite Katie on today because she's got so much to say about what she's been doing and how she's developed her own business over the past 18 months, I think two years. Um, but anyway, welcome Katie. How are you? Hi Lisa, thanks for having me. No, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm alright. You're alright. So I'm looking at Katie's beautifully scanned decor and TV. She's always got such clean, like living home. And every time I go to her studio, I'm just in huge envy of how everything matches. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> um, give us a bit of a background about what you do, what your business is, and all of that kind of stuff, so everyone understands. Sure, absolutely. So yes, I um, have started running Hillside Studio, which is um, sort of a space where you can have events and workshops and classes and looking at developing a creative hub. And I started this only actually in November, really, it kicked off last year. So it's only been running for months. But, um, and it was a very, very busy four months and a very unbelievably successful four months, which I was very surprised at. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> it's always one of those things. Always, you've always got kind of um, ideas, and when you see these ideas come into fruition, it's um, it's quite amazing. And I think that goes down to the support and encouragement from everybody around in the local community and area. So, and a massive thanks to you too, Lisa, for um, support and what I've been doing. Uh, now, I Hillside Studio came about because I've always had to reinvent the wheel constantly working for myself having lived abroad for a while um, um, with three young children and then having to come back and not being able to necessarily fit into a job mm -hmm. that kind of the kids so it's a constant reinvention of the wheel and which can be quite tiring and quite um, quite challenging as, as, as a lot of people know and it's a uh, so it's taken quite a wee while to get to the stage where I felt that I was quite confident being able to suddenly provide what it was I'd always wanted to do because my background was community arts, which was um, art, dance, drama, music and delivering workshops and events. So I suddenly got into finding the perfect um, venue because I obviously work from, from home and I've got this studio space which just cries out for having people in it. Uh -huh. Because your, your home is really your studio isn't it? It's right next to it, it's part of it in a way. So it's almost lucky that when you saw the house that you bought you just knew that it was right to create this hub part of it. Yeah absolutely and it's taken a while to find something like this. Um, and I had been looking at different spaces years ago, even when we moved back from, um, when we lived in Belgium, when we moved back. And, um, and I, I knew it was a, a good find because it worked with the family, it worked with um, what I was looking to do. Um, so 
we just had to take the jump and go for it and just try and make it work. But um, I was just, I was so surprised at how quickly it all took off and how much it was being able to get used by other people and other local businesses were able to come in and use the space and develop it. And we had events with other, um, with the Green Gallery and um, we had um, Lose It and Love It use it for workshop space. We've had, I mean, it was just fantastic and wreaths and flowers. And, so so, and so was, far, what have you been doing in the studio since November? You've had Christmas or pop-up events. Christmas yeah, actually, it was interesting. I looked, at, you don't think you've done very much. You go through this stage where you go <laughs> as much as I wanted to do. And I thought what was really good recently was I looked through photos and suddenly I was looking through photos of when all the events started in November and it really actually took me by surprise, even though I knew I knew what happened, <laughs> to recall all these things. And it started off with um, painting workshops. We had some nice watercolour classes. Um, we had um, the Green Gallery came and did a big event and all these kind of just took one after the other and I started doing um, wreaths which happened every weekend and um, during the week lead up to Christmas. I had Orange Pomander workshops for Christmas, Christmas markets. Um, You've and had it was a yoga just, session as well, haven't you? You've had a yoga. Um, You've had so many things. Yeah, lots of things. And it was, it was brilliant just to see how many things could actually, what the space could be utilised for and how it could be developed. And there was lots of things come up as well. Sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> the power of Zoom, the noises that appear in computers, I'm always surprised. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but I think as well, you've had so many events, but I don't, many people might not realise that. So as part of your home, you've got your creative hub, which is Hillside Studio, but then you also have another part, which is your Airbnb business. Which yeah, absolutely. Attached. Yeah. I guess that was, I don't mean luck because you knew when the bought, you bought the house that there was that opportunity, but equally you didn't know that it would take off as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, it was one of those things you just go on gut instinct and go, well, I've got to make this work. And again, it was just unbelievable. Opened, opened up the Airbnb, which is a two hillside view. And I opened that. That's been running for about a year. Uh -huh. And I mean, I just couldn't believe it people and visitors coming to stay in Bridge of Wea. Uh -huh. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we have had people from all over the world. It's incredible. And um, it was full. It, there was no, I couldn't, there was no day for you actually in the last year. Um, and we noticed a change come February when things quietened down quite a bit. And um, we wondered whether that was, at the beginning we wondered whether that was because there's more competition, there's a lot uh -huh. more up the Airbnbs um, but obviously it's due to the fact that we've got uh, there was a global pandemic and obviously people weren't traveling as, yeah. as much um, but yeah the the B&B has been it's been amazing it's been really good and I am actually missing not having huh. I was going to say is it a nice break to have no guests or has it made you, because I've spoken to other people about their businesses and what they've been doing during lockdown and how they've adapted. And one big thing that's come through is everybody's saying it's given them time to take stock. If they've had a bit of a quiet spell, as much as that is difficult for their business and for their mental health and for all the reasons why it's difficult, they said it's given them an opportunity to think a bit about their business and perhaps 
change things? Have you found that with maybe the Airbnb or with the other parts of the business? Yes, absolutely. It was getting to the stage where I thought if I had to do another changeover, I might cry because it was just coming <laughs> out of bed and believe it or not, it was it was such fast turnaround all the time. So I definitely have enjoyed the break from doing that. And it has given me time to process, time to think, time to um, see what I can do now, how I can engage and influence in other ways with the studio. It's given me time to actually the studio space and the workshops and classes rather than constantly contacting people that were coming to stay and making sure the place was ready yeah. which takes out quite a chunk of your day yeah and, um, maybe that was a good breather as well because maybe it was getting to the stage it was taking on too much because as the workshops were developing in the studio and doing changeovers there was times i wouldn't have been available yeah. in the studio space actually necessary have the events that were happening um, so yeah definitely feel that that was actually I was needing a break from doing that as much as we miss it and we do need it it's, it's just a time to recharge and take stock and, and really do you see obviously it's hard to know what changes are going to be in place because we don't know what the rules are yet and what's going to happen over the next six nine months but when it comes to events, you know that there is a huge appetite for people to come to drawing workshops, obviously for yoga classes, all the things that you've done before. And I guess at this stage, you've, you've, have you done a bit of online virtual classes? Have you found people wanted to do that? Have you enjoyed doing that? Does that come naturally to you? Oh, it's all, it's all a big change, isn't it? It's all a big process. And I um, have been looking into online classes. I certainly have um, people asking for me to do online classes. It's not something that comes naturally to me, not at all. Um, I do have to take a lot of time in processing, even the technology the side of it. <laughs> I mean, I have to redo the website as well, which I need to do myself. And actually, these are things that are hugely time consuming. And I'm, I'm, I'm having to relearn everything and I'm having to watch YouTube tutorials on how to connect online classes on to yeah. your website even with the Eventbrite which is where I had all my um, workshops where people could buy into them having to very amazing amount of people that have turned to online yeah and just work through how we can actually develop that and, and do it in a way where I, I, I could just jump in and yeah. there's a part of me that if I don't just jump in I might not do it but I have to get it in my own head and work it out. It has um, to be for the business that. as well, doesn't um, it? And how it works for yes. certain things. Some things will lend themselves to being virtual. Yes. And I mean, I've got, I've got so many ideas and that's another part where I'm finding it very frustrating. I've got so many ideas that I want to just go and do it, but I don't know how to get resources for it, get the materials yeah. so that I can send out packages to people and do online classes and then we get a package sent to them and we could do it that way or where we do an interactive zoom like we're doing just now with our um, podcast so yeah it has to be right for the business it has to be right for the customers and the people that are wanting and it has to, to be sustainable as well doesn't it from both a you know environmental perspective yes. which is something that you are very passionate about but also from a business perspective it has to make sense and tie in with what you do already um, but it is, I think there is, there's a lot of people doing virtual things which work really well, but others might not work so smartly. 
And how do you think yeah, it might work in the future? Because you've got such a nice size of space, when it comes to doing any events in the future, you'll probably be able to do those from a distance perspective if you have to have measures for you know, appointment only for events or something like that. You've probably been thinking about that already. Yeah, absolutely have. Um, the, the I've got, I'm very lucky that I've got a studio space and I've actually got a very special space that I love. Um, we've got a lot of work to do with and it's a workshop space where um, I actually would love to be able to um, have almost like a bit of a farm shop but not a farm shop because obviously people have got to access the property and, and come up and use it but it's a pick your own it could be like flowers and a coffee come and come and collect um or come and do a wee um hand tie pick your own in the workshop and it all ties into then in the christmas and just having the space and have a coffee and it could be um book by appointment yeah. which was something that they used to do when we lived and that was very often in the shops, any shop you wanted to go to around the villages, it was always booked by appointment. Oh, really? so and why was that? Was that because they wanted to know that the business was there so they would open specifically? Or do you think it was just if people liked that personal approach? I think it was both. I think they, they wanted to treat the people when they did come. Um, that they were that you were you were very special in the shop and in that moment so you would maybe get a glass of this or a lovely coffee or something and this was yours and the person that owned the place was obviously they were there for you and it was a very personal um, experience in that you uh -huh. weren't then surrounded by other people time there it was just a lovely way of doing things actually and you could go you could go with your friend or your or your mom or your whoever was with you it didn't need to just uh -huh. be one person so but the idea of booking by appointment i think is a lovely way of shopping because you've got that space for that time i think that will become more a commonplace opportunity especially a boutique sense almost like when you buy a wedding dress and you make the appointment and you go and you're the special person. Now, obviously, that's a huge end. <laughs> that's a big investment. I think perhaps there might be that feeling about shopping and retail and experience-led events because we all still want those experiences. We just don't know how to do them at the moment. Yes, and I think it's also it's nice to be able to look after your customer. It's nice to be able to treat them and, and give them something special. If it is just even a, a nice cup of coffee and a bit of tablet or something as they come to to do something or I just think that's a very poignant important thing is to um, it's not just about what I'm doing it's about offering something extra as well and that's what I worry about with the online stuff that that can actually come across yeah. you, you lose a little bit of that connection when you're trying to do a workshop or a class so it's making sure that you can still keep that and retain that that's special to your brand what we've talked about in the past, Katie, is about what are what makes you different, what makes anybody in their business different. And I think if it is that one-to-one -one approach and that personality, how does that shine through? And it's all about focusing on that. And I guess the virtual side does work, but not always. Um, and it's about what is the point of coming to to an event that you do or any of your um, sort of markets that you've had in the past is it's all about that kind of inspiration. It's about creativity. It's about connection. And how much is that possible online? A bit of it is, but I think you don't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, and it's it's how to respond to that. And I mean, I suppose it's um, 
it's, there's a, there was a nice, actually a nice Japanese proverb that I, I wrote down because I just thought it was so poignant to what you're actually talking about. And it's about the bamboo that bends is stronger than the oak that resists. And it's about being able to make those changes uh -huh. in the way that we can um, adapt in this current situation and being able to be flexible. So yeah. it is like trying that. to... That's, that's very <laughs> much nice. the ethos, isn't it, just now? It's all about... Well, I've said this so many times, but it's all about pivoting. How do you pivot your business and what you do? Um, and not just business, but in your home environment. We've talked already pre-recording about children and schoolwork and homeschooling. I know we shouldn't call it homeschooling because we're not to pretend to be teachers in any way, but still it feels like that. We do multiple podcasts on homeschooling and... <laughs> <laughs> other <the> range <laughs> but yeah I think it's, it's that adaptability we've all got to be flexible and agile that's another buzzword isn't it being agile right now yeah, but what, but what is your big inspiration I mean I see you as very much well you've lived in Belgium for a number of years so you brought a lot of that back to Scotland but from a kind of interiors events focus what is your big inspiration that you or draw from when you're doing any of your events or creative workshops? Well, there's a, I mean, there's, a, there's some fabulous people out there that actually are, are hugely inspiring. And I've just found a recent one, actually, that I just love. Um, it's Botanical, it's, if I can show you, I, I don't know why, but there's this woman called Botanical Tales, so she's everlasting, and it's all about um, dried flowers and her styling and um, what she's doing I think is, wow. is lovely, it's very sustainable, it's been last forever, it's very beautiful and it's, it's kind of ideas that I was already having but she's managed to get out there and process it so um, there's some fabulous people out there that I am starting to follow and also the a lot of my inspiration has come from family, I've got quite a I suppose a family that have also travelled and I had an aunt that lived in Denmark for 10 years and a lot of um, her styling has been a great inspiration and um, I've got family that are artists so I think it's all been driven from family members of, of and, and just um, the style that they've all had and uh, been very fortunate to be around actually and that's where I gained a lot of my inspiration and ideas and encouragement, I suppose. And if you could, so. if you could decide, if you could make a plan, what um, your business would look like in a few years' time, what do you think it would look like? What do you think it would be? More events, or um, would you want to have a different space, or is the whole point that you want to have the space on your doorstep as such? Because your kids will get older; they will eventually. They're not eventually going to leave. They are still a bit young. <laughs> You're not going to kick them out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, maybe, maybe in a few weeks time but I guess it's all about the future thinking what it is that you want from the business and maybe you don't know or maybe you've got quite a strong plan no do I have quite a strong feeling of having the studio space used as this creative hub where people can come and access it and rent it out and use the space have the events have workshops have classes that ticking over every every day having something going on it's um, and then uh, these lovely gallery events or special events where people can come. And um, I was going to have actually one of my cousins is an artist and we we're going to have a, a lovely gallery event. She's in wine, husband's a pianist and he's going to play uh, oh, fab. classical music. I've got the place filled with art and music and people and 
um, just creativity and then the workshops be filled with um, flowers and greenery and coffee and almost like a farm style plate of a hub of I suppose where people can come and get some nice fresh produce and a wee coffee and it's all this just got a nice atmosphere somewhere people there's a bit of wellness a bit of mindfulness a bit of um, a place to just recharge your batteries and take a breath from everything else that's going on I suppose that just gives you that, that little sounds bit lovely of... can you just organize that now please that's that's what we all want right now more than ever is something like that <laughs> I know I know me too I, I, I would love to be able to do that right now and it's really difficult to to hold back and uh, and not be able to do it actually yes it, it's, it. it is frustrating and where do you find um most people hear about you from like how do you get people to come to your workshops how do people even know about you what what is your big marketing channel like what is that do you know what it is is it a thought through plan is a little bit organic it's, it's, it's probably organic and maybe luck of the draw i think in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say that to someone like me it's a strategy katie strategy <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably social media has been one of the biggest drives and I think I get to the stage where I feel like I've bombarded people with pictures and images and social media content and it's a difficult line to draw whether you're doing too much or you're not doing enough or is it the right content is it a, you know it's just a very difficult thing to get your head around and wonder if it's the right thing so for me Facebook and Instagram probably have been um, my biggest uh, advertising strategies. strategies. But you've had people from um, not just the local village coming to you. It's yeah, people. Well, Eventbrite. Yeah. 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 Eventbrite was I put uh, put events and classes on Eventbrite, and that did expand the search. And we did have people coming from uh, the big smoke of Glasgow, and it's not just from the village. So yeah, definitely Eventbrite worked well too, and. Uh, I had a web. I've got a website as well, but and I think if I, that was another way of people were coming through from. That I guess too, once someone's come to you for one event, then they're on your database. Then they know you. Then they follow you in social media. They're more likely to come again if they've enjoyed the experience and it is what it ticks a box for them. The kind of thing that they like, they will be a loyal customer and either come to the event that they can come to or continue to watch read listen whatever content you put out and i guess that's really what you want isn't it you'd rather have a handful of people who really connect than loads of people yeah. who have no interest in coming to a workshop no interest in coming to an event no interest in supporting anything that you're doing because that's actually a waste of time i always yeah, to have a really small really engaged audience and a huge audience that don't do anything for you that's good to hear actually because that's important to to remember yeah i think we're very and how many likes things that people are getting or businesses are getting. and actually it's not about that it's having that strong core that you yeah. know you're targeting because specifically what they're looking for and you're not selling the spaces. that's you're not a mass market business so no no not at all mm -hmm. very specialized intimate um events and workshops and classes where i can look after people and mm -hmm. um, we can just have a really warm environment and atmosphere where we can we can do different things so yeah that's very important to remember uh -huh. don't forget that. To remember. 
because we all think oh, we need to have loads of people mm-hmm. liking and commenting but would you not rather have 10 comments or five comments they're all from people that have been to workshops or have tried to come we just couldn't make it but you know that you've kind of hooked them on which is great and they're responsive yes it's so lovely to have loyal customers and um people that are commenting as you say and the support has been fantastic of, of, of even the events that were to be were to be hold held held <laughs> that's terrible you can edit that <laughs> <laughs> events that were to be held people have held on to the event and said no we're gonna we're just gonna wait uh-huh. and um yes because everybody wants again to and not like they don't they're, want a know, exactly to help the business. great well thank you so much you. for um being part of the podcast today um i'm looking forward to coming to one of your events for sure in the hopeful near-ish future we'll just yeah. see but i know whatever happens you will find a way to adapt because you're always thinking of different opportunities and that's the one thing that oh, we'll, and we'll you'll find a way well I, I took down another recall actually that i heard the other day in a podcast and i just thought this is really important for all of us and it's um, and it was actually from Winnie the Pooh, and it's um, we are all we are all of us braver than we believe, stronger than we seem, and smarter than we think. And I think that's a very oh um, well, I'd like to think that this. too. That is a lovely sentiment, <laughs> which I will take with me on this Monday. Yeah, we need it for this month's motivation <laughs> with the homeschool emails pinging in and all the to-do lists. But yeah. Causing my internet problems too. I don't know if your Wi-Fi. Yeah, the Wi-Fi it, is my... it's difficult. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me.